Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. Happy Wednesday to you. It is a crossover Wednesday. Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins is going to be on the program with me in segments two and three. We're going to spend segment two talking about the Giants. I'm going to answer his questions about the Giants. And then in segment three, Chris is going to answer my questions about Washington, who visits the Giants this weekend at MetLife Stadium. Before we get to the crossover portion of the show, however, I promised you I would continue to get through your Twitter questions. Uh, Didn't get through all of them during Twitter Tuesday, so I'm going to continue to get through what I can at in this first segment. And again, what I don't finish up, I will just continue running down the list until I, I get to them all. So appreciate your patience and let's get right into them. I'm going to start off with one from Jim Besslidi, who wants to know what's up with Julian Love? Is he a tweener who isn't good enough to be the slot or a safety on the team? Is he a tweener who isn't good enough to be the slot or a safety on a team that is desperate for help in the secondary? Jim, he's a safety in training. Um, made progress in the in the preseason, just isn't quite ready, I think, to step in there uh, on a full-time basis. You know, patience. You know, this is a, a, a position switch for Julian. He's not playing against second and third stringers anymore. He's playing against, you know, starting caliber players. So it takes time, but you're, you're going to see Julian Love at some point down the line. Um, don't be discouraged by the fact that he hasn't gotten very many opportunities. Okay, next question is from, let's see, Invisible Bully. Do you think Betcher simplified the scheme in the second half of the game? Uh, he didn't simplify it. Again, what he did was he changed the scheme in the second half of the game um, against the Bucks. Instead of devoting both safeties to giving help to the guys underneath, more of, more or less he, he uh, had one safety giving Janoris Jenkins help over the top and the other safety was playing down closer to the box. Next question comes from Joey Nyer in Florida who writes, I noticed you never answer any of my questions, so I'll try. Robert Martin was cut in August by the Pats, knows the offense already. What are the chances that the Giants bring him back? Um, two things there, Joey. First off, unless you tag them, ask P-Train, I'm not going to see them. I get a lot of mentions. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I get a lot of mentions throughout the course of the day. Um I need to see the questions. And in order to see them, you have to tag them, ask P-Train. If I don't see that, I don't see the question. Regarding Robert Martin, I think they've moved on from him. I could see them maybe going with John Hilleman or, um, you know, the the Walter kid that they signed. Um, obviously, uh, just, just a disclaimer here, I'm recording this segment on a Monday night. Uh, the reason for that being is, is Tuesday, 
my father, uh, it was my father's uh, wake Wednesday morning, the funeral. So unfortunately, I had to kind of pre-record these first, you know, the Tuesday and Wednesday show. Probably by the time you hear this, the Giants will have made a decision. So um, I'll be able to circle back and comment on that, um, you know, once we find out what exactly they're going on, what's going on and who they, they have selected. So, all right. Next question comes from Seize the Moment. How can Shermer help his tackle soldiers and remmers? Very simple. You put a tight end or a running back and you ch- you provide chip block helping. Um, next question comes from Ross Solo 17. What are the chances we see Corey Valentine and Julian Love on the field soon? Um, I answered the question about Julian Love, but Corey Ballantyne has actually been playing special teams, been doing a pretty good job of it. Um, as far as on defense, again, you got to remember, this kid is coming from Washburn. So there's there's a bit of a learning curve there. He's got guys in front of him. Those two, Ballantyne and Love, will get on the field sooner than later. Just, you know, got to let them continue, continue onward. So um, they'll continue developing. And once they get out there, they're going to be, I think they're going to be just fine. Okay, next question comes from D. Seidenfrau. Uh, writes, Emery Hunt is a frequent guest on your show. So far, he seems flat out wrong on his takes. He thought the defense would be good and Jones is mediocre at best. What's the late? latest with Mr. Hunt's thought. Uh, David, we'll, we'll have Emery on the show soon and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. But look, you know, in his defense, no one is right 100% of the time. Um, I'm wrong a lot of times. Uh, I'm right more than I am wrong, but I am not always right 100% of the time. Um, Emery is usually right, you know, more times than he is wrong. It's just, look, it, it's subjective. And one of the reasons why I have Emery on the show is because Emery does his homework. I see the work that man puts into, you know, watching tape. I see how he does his job. Um, do I agree with him on everything? No. Does he agree with me on everything? No. But you know what? You got to respect the work that goes into it. And I do respect the work he puts into his, his craft. I respect his knowledge of the game. And uh, he's, he, he's, a, he's a good person, a good man. And uh, I think he's, he's a talented um, college football analyst. I really do. Okay, next question comes from Empire PR Man. Although the defense was still not good, to put it mildly, I thought Lorenzo Carter and Ryan Connolly had solid games. I also thought DeAndre Baker was much better in the third quarter. The pun coverage was outstanding. What are your thoughts on the defense and special teams? Special teams has been phenomenal. I mean, really, I I can't find very much wrong with special teams this year. They have done a really good job, especially the coverage units. Um, I've talked about the defense already about, you know, how they changed up the scheme a little bit. I will say this about Lorenzo Carter. I, I thought I might see a little bit more from him than what we've seen so far. But, you know, again, it's it's still relatively early in the season, not giving up on him, but I need to see more from him. Um you know, uh, defense is still gelling is the bottom line. So as they continue to come together, uh, hopefully they will, you know, they, they will be more cohesive. But um, there's certainly promise there, I think. Wonka Bar 3000 asks, uh, let's see, we are thin at running back and linebacker. What are some realistic options for moving forward? Um 
Well, I, I'm guessing by the time you hear this, they will have filled those positions. But in the event they haven't, or actually, if you want to, you know, want me to play uh, like a like a, a savant of some sort, my guess is they probably are going to call up Hilleman from the from the practice squad. Um, I could also see artist Payne being signed. He's a he's a former Panther, a Dave Gettleman draft pick. You know, if, if Gettleman continues down that line with guys that he's familiar with, I, I think artist Payne is an option at linebacker. I think they maybe call up Josiah Tawaefa, who was on the practice squad, to fill in if they feel that you know um, Tay Davis and and. Uh, Alec Ogletree are going to miss a lot of time. So that that would be my guess. And again, by the time you hear this podcast, they probably will have filled those positions and made some decisions. So we'll see if I turn out to be right. All right, next question. We have another one from D. Seidenfrau. Do you think any of Jenkins, Ogletree, or Martin will be back on the 20 team? If so, why? Probably not. Uh, Salary cap cuts would be my guess. Shane Brown, 93, when does the official injury report come out? Comes out on Wednesdays. So again, as you are hearing this podcast, it should be out. Um, and uh, I, I already addressed uh, Ogletree and Davis and what I think they're going to do at linebacker. I do not think Brandon Marshall is an option. And, um, you know, again, I think they're going to stick with people that already know the system um, that, that make that kind of a splash. Uh, let's see. Ram dude, 75. Uh, let's see. Having said that, uh, or what a win by the giants. Having said that the D was awful in the first half, what can be changed on the D? Uh, they just got to execute better. You know, Betcher's got to come up with, 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 um, uh, more simplified schemes. I think sometimes Betcher outsmarts himself, to be honest with you. And, and that comes back and, and kind of, uh, bites him. You know, so I think if he stops with the play in the system philosophy and starts tailoring more to the player's strengths and weaknesses, they will perform better. Now, you know, if you're looking for specifics, I would have to do a comprehensive film study, which unfortunately this week I don't have the time to do. But uh, we'll see how it kind of plays in. I, I, I can tell you um, at Inside Football last week, we wrote what we would change up would be is have the defense apply more blitzes and, and you know, play more man coverage as opposed to these loose zone coverages that they have been playing. So that was a, an approach we would take. And that's actually something that they did a little bit in the second half of the uh, Bucks game with some success. So we'll see how Betcher changes it up uh, moving forward. Okay, um, folks, we still have a few more questions, but I'm going to need to take a break. And when we come back, it's going to be the crossover show with Chris Russell, host of Locked on Redskins. As for these remaining questions, um, I will get to them in Thursday show. So folks stay with us. We'll be right back. And again, if you didn't hear your questions, make sure you tune in the rest of the week. Giants fans, if you're like me, you enjoy learning new things every day. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret on how fast and easy I found it to learn new things thanks to Blinkist.com. You see, between writing articles and recording podcasts on your New York Giants, I don't have a lot of free time during the day to engage in reading books and full length features. With Blinkish.com, I don't have to. Blinkist is really unique. 
and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you and me who want to get the main points of a book quickly so that you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you would want to read and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for Locked On listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash Locked On to try it free for seven days. And if you decide to continue, save 25% off your new subscription. That's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Locked On to start your free seven-day trial and also to save 25% off your first subscription. The Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you in part by BlueChew.com. Visit BlueChew.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first shipment for only $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. And we're back here on a crossover Wednesday edition of the Locked On Giants and Locked On Redskins podcast. And always great to catch up with my friend Patricia Trana, who does such an excellent job covering the New York Giants. Big Blue with a huge road win in Tampa on Sunday. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, as he's called by some, getting the job done. And we welcome Patricia in and uh, Patricia, I guess we'll, you know, we won't waste any time and we'll get to it. I'm sure I, I know everybody in New York was, you know, chin on the floor. Wow. Impressed by Daniel Jones. I assume uh, outside of a couple of little things like maybe a little ball security issue, you were blown away by Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know what? We saw hints of it, Chris, and, and uh, in the preseason, we saw hints of it, it going back to the spring and, Head coach Pat Shermer, after seeing Dak Prescott and Josh Allen and what a mobile quarterback can do, uh, you could just tell he was just itching to get to Daniel Jones at some point. And, you know, to be fair to Eli Manning, the problems with the team were not his fault, you know, totally his fault. You know, they ha- they still have problems on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, Pat Shermer just felt at this point, in order to run the type of offense he wanted to run, he needed Daniel Jones's mobility, got him in there, and the kid just did a, a phenomenal job. You know, still a little sloppiness, like you said, with the ball security, a few other areas, but very, very encouraging debut for the young man. When Obviously, the results are the the number one thing that matters. And like we said, there's things you can clean up. How do you how would you assess, you know, from our perch, obviously not being in the huddle, not being at the line of scrimmage that he handled the the little things that are not so little. They're very important at the line of scrimmage checks, audibles, uh, delay of games, any 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 getting in and out of the huddle. Was he really good in, in your opinion and what you observed or does he have a long way to go or is it just too hard to tell at this point? Um, some of it you can't really tell unless you're in the huddle. But from what sure. I could gather, he did a good job with his huddle command. You know, there were no communication you know, mistakes and whatnot. A few times, maybe he didn't go with the 
go to the right place with the ball, but they were so minor. I mean, if you blink, you basically miss them. It mm-hmm. wasn't perfect, but it was very solid. It was very encouraging. It was as clean of a game as you can expect from a rookie quarterback going in there for the first time. And, you know, it also helped that he had Eli Manning on the sideline in his ear after every series, just, you know, making sure that that the game at, at no point got too big for him, that he right. kept his feet on the ground. And and Daniel spoke about what an asset it was to have Eli Manning there helping him. Because sometimes when you have a peer who has been there, done that, as opposed to a coach who really hasn't done it in a while or if at all, you know, sometimes that just puts you at more ease because you know that this person has gone through it and his advice is going to be more strategically sound sometimes than a coach's. It goes without saying that Saquon Barkley is a huge loss for many reasons uh, for the Giants offense. How do you, do you think that, uh, what's the gentle way for me to ask this? Because the Buccaneers are not a very good defense, do you think that it was a, a little bit of a mirage that they were able to do what they did on offense without Saquon, who they're now looking at, say, four to eight weeks without, because it was the Bucks, Or do you think that didn't really necessarily have a factor and Jones was just the spark that this offense needed at the right time? I think what we saw from the Bucks is they were trying to stop Saquon Barkley before his injury. And mm-hmm. when he went out, they decided to go after uh, Daniel Jones with everything, including the kitchen sink. And what that enabled the Giants to do is that he was able to, on the running plays, if you notice, the Giants ran more to the outside in the second mm-hmm. half of the game. And that was the result, really, of the of the Bucks blitzing at Jones. So now, you know, he changes the play to a run. They were able to find some daylight on the edges where those those blitzers, you know, vacated their their sure. passing lanes or, or, or their contained. So that's how they were able to get around that. But hey, let's not make any mistake. The loss of Barkley is huge. He was, you know, he was a multi-dimensional weapon for them. And uh he's one of their team captains. He's he's one of their, you know, best locker room citizens. So that is a humongous and I mean humongous loss for the Giants. Yeah, and they get Sterling Shepard backward. Uh, you know, Patricia Chana locked on Giants with us here on this crossover Wednesday. We'll talk and get the Redskins' perspective in just a little bit. Um, but without Barkley, without Golden Tate for a fourth game because of the suspension coming up here against the Redskins, they get Shepard back and... I guess, you know, Evan Ingram continues to, he was great in Dallas in the season opener, great on Sunday, uh, broke away for that long touchdown, you know, so they still have some weapons, but clearly this Giants offense is going to be hampered by the fact that they don't have a top free agent signing wide receiver in Golden Tate, who they haven't had all year. And then, of course, again, the multidimensional Barkley. I mean, it's been tough. Let's not make any mistake about it, but, you know, I think you're going to see more opportunity for Evan Ingram, who, you know, thus far is the leading receiver on this team. Yep. You know, Sterling Shepard has done a good job 
when he's been in there, you know, the thing is to keep him healthy. And, you know, I, I still think the Giants are going to add another running back. I mean, right now they only really have two healthy running backs on the roster. Wayne Gallman, who's going to take the bulk of Saquon Barkley's carries and uh, fullback Elijah Penny, who could also, you know, run the ball if need be. But um, I, I just think this is going to change a little bit of what they're capable of doing. You know, Pat Shermer said it's not going to. We're still going to run our offense is what I believe he said. But, you know, you just don't subtract a tremendous talent like Saquon Barkley and expect, you know, the same results or whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to that. But um, I think you're going to see maybe a lot more uh, of Daniel Jones running. You know, he he had some success. Matter of fact, I think his rushing yardage, don't remember the total, but I know he led the team in, in rushing yardage total. Right. So you're going to see that added dimension uh, moving forward starting on Sunday against Washington. Yeah, when you can use a little read option zone, I mean, keepers fourth and five and the, the C's part over the middle of the field and he has the guts to, you know, read that and take off. That's something certainly the Redskins are going to have to be prepared for on a short week. One more thing about the Giants. I mean, I have a million things, but just for the sake of time, their defense obviously is a weak spot. We know that. Where would you say is the strength of this Giants defense as opposed to the, the weakness, which is perceived to be just about everywhere? Yes, I think the Giants defensive front, believe it or not, is is the strength. The problem that we've seen, though, is because the linebackers haven't been strong because, um, you know, because the defensive backfield has had issues. You haven't really seen what this defensive front can do, but I, I like the potential. I like the talent. I like how they're being used. It's just a matter of putting all three units together because, you know, the they, the linebackers, the play hasn't been that really strong. Um, you know, the the secondary, I, I still don't know what the heck is going on back there. I, I have, I'm still trying to figure out what James Betcher was trying to do the other night at Tampa with, with some of the schemes, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, definitely the defensive front with Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, and Dexter Lawrence. That's that's a formidable trio there who can who can push that pocket, who can plug up the the running lanes and and you know create some distraction uh, distractions. Patricia Trenner, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. When we come back right here on this crossover Wednesday, we'll get an inside look at the Washington Redskins who come to MetLife Stadium this Sunday afternoon for a 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. Again, this is both Locked On Giants, Locked On Redskins crossover Wednesday. Great to have you with us. Preview of the Redskins coming up next. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep on walking? Well, of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Well, if you want to start putting money in your pocket, check out my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as whom you're betting on. And when you bet with my bookie, the options are endless. For example, did you know that my bookie allows you to bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. And when you join MyBookie now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, MyBookie will double your first deposit. 
So go on and visit mybookie.ag. And don't forget, use the promo code locked on to activate the special offer for new users. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Giant fans, Washington fans, welcome back to the crossover edition of the Locked On Giants and Locked On Redskins podcast. Patricia Trainer here. I am the host of the Locked On Giants podcast and Chris Russell, the host, one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Redskins podcast. And we are talking Giants, Redskins. They meet in week four Sunday at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium. And just a disclaimer, folks, as we record this, we are actually recording this on a Monday evening before Washington's game against the Chicago Bears, that due to some scheduling uh, things on my part. So some of what we're talking about now, hopefully it'll it'll still be applicable by the, by the time you hear this show. If it is not, we do apologize. It was just something that could not be avoided. Chris, let's jump right in. Give us a, a rundown. When we last spoke to you about Washington, mm-hmm. I know there was some concern about the offensive line. I, I think, uh, the, you know, the left tackle was still, you know, right. I guess debating whether or not to show up. Where does that unit stand right now? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been a major problem in terms of pass blocking. Uh, so far early in this season, Patricia, but they haven't been able to establish the run. And Trent Williams is the left tackle that you're talking about. Uh, there's been all sorts of you know, rumors and speculation that Trent is going to end his holdout and then nothing happens. So it's certainly not going to happen, I don't think, on a short week here, uh, quite honestly. And I, every indication that I have is Trent's not any closer to really, really kind of closing the gap whatever the gap is, and it's it's multi-layered and complex and hard to explain. Uh, but the bottom line is, is they did sign Donald Penn. They converted Eric Flowers, who Giants fans are more than familiar with, from a tackle into a left guard. And, you know, so far early on, he's done a reasonably good job. And as everyone knows in Giant land, he's a massive hulking figure who certainly can get beat by a quick first step. Uh, so far, you know, again, early on, he's done a pretty decent job. Their biggest problem on the offensive line has been penalties. Uh, and certainly there was an NFL league-wide problem going into week three. I understand the holding calls went down uh, in week three a little bit. But the bottom line is, is even with a great offensive line coach like Bill Callahan, they have not been able to avoid those back-breaking type plays. And this is not an offense, Patricia, that is capable, not many are, of coming back from third and 14, third and 17, third and 20, that type of thing. So they really have have to stay ahead of the chains. They have to run the ball better, which part of that is the offensive line, if not a huge part of it. And then they can kind of roll their regular offense. What's been going on with the quarterback situation? Now, last I, I checked, I think uh, Case Keenum won mm-hmm. the job. Dwayne Haskins is sitting. You know, as you see in New York, Daniel Jones has taken over for Eli Manning. How close is Haskins to being ready to take over that offense? Well, every indication is that he's still got a long learning curve to deal with, that he's not Daniel Jones for many reasons. Uh, that's not to say he's not smart, but Daniel Jones is really smart. Daniel Jones played a lot more at Duke than Dwayne Haskins played at Ohio State. The plan was never really to play Dwayne Haskins uh, until late this year, if not at all. 
uh, if they could avoid it. And Jay Gordon was kind of very hesitant to embrace Haskins at first. He wanted Daniel Jones. That was the quarterback that he identified as the guy that could be most helpful to him. And when the Giants obviously rolled the dice at six, uh, that kind of scrapped that plan. And, of course, Haskins then sitting there at 15, you know, it, it became the pick that the owner and that some in the organization wanted, but some did not want. And some did not want is more on the coaching staff and in that side of the building. Now, that being said, do I think Dwayne Haskins has all the talent in the world? Of course he does. Is he as mobile as Daniel Jones showed in his debut? Probably not. But in the preseason, Patricia, he showed to be more mobile than the book on him. The question is, is can he do the little things? The checks, the audibles, getting in and out of the huddle, the play call, the verbiage, all that stuff under the gun, under the pressure of the big NFL stage in a game situation. That's where he struggled in the preseason, training camp, OTAs and all that. And that's why they know he's not quite ready to kind of take over without a lot of bumps in the road. Is there pressure though on the coaching staff? Again, I gotta, sure. I gotta imagine that Dan, uh, Daniel Snyder, the owner, is you know, look, he's invested in this shiny new you know quarterback for the franchise. Hopefully, the future of the franchise. Gotta believe that you know he wants him on the field sooner than later. How has that dynamic been working with Jay Gruden and his staff as far as you know letting them put Haskins out there when he is indeed ready? Right. So there's pressure on everybody here for everybody's job except for Dan Snyder. So let's start with that. Um, as far as I understand, Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, the president, GM, uh, came to an understanding with Jay Gruden. Hey, you know what? This kid is far, far, far from being ready. We're going to take our time and we're going to not do things the way we did with Robert Griffin III, which was he was the anointed starter from the, the get-go. Now, of course, that situation was different. He was the number two overall pick. They traded a bunch to get him. Um, I think people have evolved in their thought processes here with rookie quarterbacks. Clearly, Daniel Jones, the, the plan for the Giants wasn't to play him right away. It's just they needed the spark and the mobility, as you kind of talked about, to go to him uh, right away. So I, I think right now, Case Keenum has not been the problem, at least early on. There's been many other problems, and most notably on defense, but Case Keenum really hasn't been the problem. I think the Redskins did the right thing. Of course, it was supposed to be Colt McCoy, but Colt McCoy, Patricia, has literally not been able to get out of the trainer's room. He's had so many injuries. Uh, I, I mean, you lose track, and... You know, he, he still isn't practicing, and, and that's a major problem because the guy that the coaching staff wanted to be the starting quarterback can literally not stay healthy, and so they kind of went with Case Keenum, who was brought here by a, a kind of fortunate happenstance, and that's kind of been their bridge guy, and Case Keenum can, he can hurt an NFL defense. He can also give away some things. He's a little bit of a high-event quarterback, but so far it's reasonably worked out okay, and I don't think there's major pressure at this point for Dwayne Haskins. Now let's talk Washington's defense. You have uh, old friend Landon Collins playing back yeah. there in the defensive secondary. How has he looked? How has he taken to that system? And, and just give, give us an overview of Washington's sure. defense. 
Well, he's been their best defensive back. Let's start with that. No questions asked. He had a bunch of tackles in weeks one and two. He's been flying around. What I've been most disappointed by is that they haven't used him as a blitzer, which I thought I would see more of, but that's because they're so banged up on the back end around him, specifically at corner and even at free safety, that they've had to play a much, much, much more conservative defensive game plan uh, early on this season because of, again, injuries at corner, even in an injury to Monte Nicholson, their free safety and really Landon has been along with Josh Norman the only healthy body and Josh Norman has struggled miserably in coverage so Landon has kind of done everything that they've asked him to do but now the question is moving forward how much more can they do as they start to get some of their healthy bodies back and start to maybe take on quarterbacks that you know, not not that they won't respect whoever they're playing at quarterback, but quarterbacks that they deem won't hurt them as much as Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. So we haven't seen the full Landon Collins yet. There's no doubt that he is the best leader they have on the secondary because he's a thousand times better of a leader than Josh Norman ever was and ever will be. And I expect Landon Collins to be fully unleashed as, again, the Redskins get a little healthier on defense. And, of course, he's going to be super motivated to face his old teammates. You know, he's been talking about it. I know he said that he circled the date on his calendar. So it's going to be certainly something to watch. Chris, give me your prediction. What do you think uh, the score is going to be, and what do you see as the keys to uh, the the Washington Redskins holding off the Giants? Yeah, I, I, you know the the Redskins are, are are a mixed bag. Obviously, at best they're an average team. At at worst, they're you know mediocre to poor. Um, but because there's no Saquon Barkley and because there's no Golden Tate you know, barring a miracle recovery here that none of us are expecting on Barclays and Patricia. I do think the Redskins with a sense of urgency, a greater sense of urgency to try and maybe not save their season, but salvage their season, find a way to win a close game here. And I think they find a way to, you know, to, to, to maybe respect Daniel Jones's mobility a little bit, but also attack it a little bit, maybe not be so... Um, I guess, cautious, as I would deem that Tampa looked, uh, and maybe surprised, you know, uh, maybe the cat's out of the bag type of thing uh, here as they go through the, you know, the week, nobody really expected that. So I think the Redskins, even on a short week, um, can find a way, because there's no Barkley, and no Tate, to kind of control the Giants offense a little bit better, and, and I think they win a tight road game here is my early projection. I could change that. I could change that, but my my early projection is a tight road win for the Redskins. You got a score for me? Uh, I'm going to go, I'll go 20 to 17 Redskins. Okay. I should I should add, it's not a pick I feel very confident in. I'm just, literally, if Saquon Barkley was healthy, I don't care about Golden Tate. If Saquon Barkley was healthy, there would be no chance in hell that I would pick the Redskins, but I can't ignore what Saquon Barkley's impact means to Big Blue. And I'm going to say, you know, not that you asked me here, but I'm going to say the Giants pulled this one out. I have more confidence in your pick than I have confidence in my <laughs> pick. How about that? Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Sounds good. Should be a great game. It's always great to catch up with you, Patricia. Uh, my thoughts, obviously, with uh, w- with you, and uh, and uh, always enjoy catching up with you and talking some Redskins Giants. Guess the good news is, win or lose for either team this week, we'll get to do this again later on in the season.
Sounds good. Giant fans, Redskins fans, thank you so much for listening. For Chris Russell, this is Patricia Trainer. Have a wonderful day.